Are we all good? That sounds good. Wow. Father, we thank you that uh, today we've, we've, we're building on a foundation, a foundation of those who've prayed for many years, a foundation of those who prayed before we came. And now, Lord, we are continuing on that foundation that's been built for us by the worship team to draw closer to you, Father. Lord, we've been reminded today that you're a miracle-working God. And, Father, we, we know that your word is living and active. And so, Lord, we ask that your word today would do its miracle work in us because it comes in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So I want to talk today, or I feel as I pray, that uh, God wants to talk to us today about prayer. Um, Initially, I'm going to talk about the decisions we make to pray and the ways I've made decisions over the years to pray and the tools that help me currently keep those decisions. I want to talk a bit about the Lord's Prayer as a pattern for our prayer because the Bible's full of amazing prayers when we get stuck. Um, and the saints have, have been praying over centuries and there's just so many resources that we can use in the Bible to pray. And then to conclude, I want to tell a story of a recent journey I had with a friend. Many of you prayed for her over the last few years as well. Um, and I want to talk about a place that prayer took me that was messy and I didn't want to be in. A reminder that when we pray and ask God to do what he wants to do, we will often end up in places that we may not want to be but we can see the victory of God in amazing ways, in difficult and messy places. So once we've made the decision to follow Jesus and his ways, we're on a journey of coming to know him better. This also involves knowing ourselves better as we learn to see ourselves as Jesus sees us. As we continue this journey, Jesus promises that we are being changed to be more like him more Christ-like. And a key part of this journey is our prayer life, that part of our lives where we choose, we make decisions to listen to and to talk to God. This is the only way to become like him. Today I want to talk about some of the decisions I've made and the challenges I've had of my experience of 40 years of walking with Jesus, but just the recent stuff, it's okay. It's a long time when you say 40 years out loud. Um, And I know in this room we'll have all tried a variety of ways to connect with God in the different seasons of our lives. But I think one of the keys is decisions. Decisions, decisions. We make them every day, a multitude of small decisions and a few big decisions. And we seldom know when we make a decision the full impact of what that's going to mean. But every day provides a number of opportunities to decide to pray and live our lives with God's loving support and input, or we can forget and ignore God and do things our own way. That's a choice we have every moment of every day. I believe that the key to my prayer life has been the decisions I've made. No journey makes progress without decisions. And even when you're not making a decision to move forward, you're actually making a decision. So no decision becomes a decision. Decisions are inescapable and their impact in our lives is irrefutable. So how do I structure my life around my prayer life? The mornings are the time I find best over many years of trial and error. For me, that requires planning 
What time am I going to go to bed so that I can get enough sleep to wake up to spend time with God? And playing at the beginning of the day is the only way I get through my days, really. Before my brain gets cluttered with the day and in the relative peace of the morning, it's where I can know that as I bring my day before God and talk through what's coming up, it starts to make a bit of sense and that God will make it manageable. I also take it as a chance to give thanks for the day before and somehow the context of reminding myself of what God did yesterday builds my faith of what God might do today. Knowing what God has done in the past builds our future, builds our faith for the future that is unknown. So the last three years have been a real season of grief for me. Um, The most recent being that my dad died in February after 15 months of a slow and miserable decline for him and everyone around him. And a friend died in August after being diagnosed with pancreatic cancer at the beginning of this year. Lester and I are currently supporting his mother who's going through the process of worsening dementia. And we don't anticipate that she'll be able to stay in her own home much longer. So what I'm talking about today is is prayer in the context of my life which involves a lot of death, dying and grief at the moment. My current soul food, I've talked to many of you about before, it comes from listening to the Bible in one year app. So I've got that on my phone and I love that the Bible passages are read out to me. I'm a verbal learner, I just love to hear the word of God. It's much better for me than trying to read it. It allows me to take notes in my journal and helps me identify the keys of what God is saying to me and what I'm hearing. Some days, some days I don't hear anything at all. And then I pray, thanking God and talking to him for the day before, and in that process I pray for the people who were part of that day. And sometimes I'll text them a scripture that seems relevant or a verse or something that I think God is saying to them while they're in my heart in prayer at that time. If there's a particular need, there are people I'll pray for on a more consistent basis. And I pray a lot for people during the night when I can't sleep. I'm, not, I'm glad God can make sense of my prayers at that time. But um, it's one way to make the inability to sleep less frustrating and distressing. If I can't be sleeping, I can at least be praying. So why do I bother to pray? What is, is, about, what is it that I believe about prayer that keeps me praying after 40 years of following Jesus? I believe that somehow in the mystery of God... As I bring people before him, as I lay my concerns before him and ask him to intervene in situations, the power of heaven is released. I believe that if you want to change the world, you can do that by praying. We're going to look at the most famous of prayers, the Lord's Prayer. And we're just going to say it together, just as a reminder of the basics of our faith. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And I'm also going to read that passage where Jesus taught his disciples in Matthew 6. 
verse 9, and he said, This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. This is such a rich source of ideas when I'm stuck as to what to pray for people or situations. Where it starts, our Father who is in heaven. This verse reminds us who Jesus is. He's in heaven. He's bigger than us. He knows more than us. He can do more than us. And we pray to him because he has resources we can't even imagine. Hallowed or holy be your name. We pray to him because he's holy. He's other. He's trustworthy and faithful. And because he loves us. And mostly because he cannot be other than who he is, which is a faithful, loving father to us. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is a line I pray a lot for myself and for others when I don't know what to pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Please, Lord, bring heaven to earth. Please, Lord, bring a heavenly perspective. Bring a heavenly outcome. Bring a miracle. Bring an outcome only you can bring. Give us today our daily bread. I believe this is about asking God for what we need with the knowledge we have of what's going on in our world. And yet, of course, every day is a mystery. Every day God gives us, and only God knows what is coming. So we're asking God to give us what we need for the day he knows is coming, and, and so that we can live in a way that glorifies and honours him. And the big emphasis Jesus puts is in forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us, reminding us that we are people who have been forgiven much and who God gives the responsibility of, being, of forgiving with just that same generosity, grace, and mercy. And yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And we say amen because we agree. We agree with what you say, Lord, and we agree to do what we've prayed about. Over the years, as you will have too, of following Jesus, I've had many journeys with people through their ups and downs and people with me through my ups and downs. Sometimes I've seen answers to prayer that are obvious and I can hold on to and I can remember. Other times I've wondered if my prayers made any difference. For me, that's where faith comes in. Faith that when I talk to God who made the universe and who died for me and loves me and I ask for something in his name, the sort of thing I believe knowing him that he would want, then I believe he answers my prayers and my prayers made a difference. Often for me, that's a faith journey where I don't see tangible results. And today I'd like to talk to you about a journey with a friend called Wendy. I met Wendy when we began auditing together over four years ago. She was the experienced auditor training the newbie, which was me. And despite feeling a, quite a strong sense of personal caution from the beginning of my journey with Wendy, I also had a strong sense of God's presence in our relationship. Wendy had grown up in a Christian home, but did not follow or acknowledge God at that time. She was living in a gay marriage, and um, she often blatantly lied to people in front of me and about me. 
which was hard in a working context. I'd only known Wendy for a few months when she rang me one day to say, how did I know she was sick? Um, and then she explained she was in Hillmorton Hospital and would I come and visit her? She was having a manic episode as part of her bipolar disorder. So I visited her a number of times, and as we're both mental health auditors, she knew that I had some understanding of mental health and mental illness and the challenges. And at that time, I told her that Lester and I would pray for her. A few weeks later, when she was discharged, right on Christmas, and being, being unwell, she couldn't go where she'd planned to, she rang to tell me she was spending Christmas on her own, and of course, the only response to that was, well, why don't you come and spend it with us? Which I think was the purpose of the phone call. And she was a gracious guest and lovely to have. Um, <clears throat> probably more gracious than my invitation at the time. So we worked together a lot in that first eight months. And auditing means travelling, it means meals together, it means driving miles together. And Wendy talked a lot. So I heard a lot of her story, which I've discovered since she died, a lot of that was not actually true. But she seemed open when I talked about my relationship with God and praying and being part of a church and what that meant for me. And then after that initial time, we seldom worked together, but she was always very helpful if I had questions. She was very resourceful and knowledgeable and really helpful. And that became a pattern over that next couple of years that we knew each other. She would call me when she was unwell, either mentally or physically. She also had severe asthma, so she'd ring in Simon Hospital, and I'd say, which one? Um, <clears throat> and... Uh, She'd have a list of things she needed, because you do when you get stuck in hospital and, and your partner's not well enough to support you. So uh, I spent a lot of time visiting Wendy in, in, in public and at Hillmorton through her various health challenges. I didn't find it easy to be friends with Wendy. We had many different values, and we saw the world in different ways. Both her illness and her lifestyle were challenging to me. But praying for her meant that God helped me to see her with his eyes, to be able to persist and maintain a relationship in a difficult place. When it came to praying for her, I would often pray, Lord, your kingdom come and your will be done, because I didn't know what to pray. Um, <clears throat> a couple of years ago, I received a text from Wendy asking if I knew a church that would accept her in her current lifestyle. She lives on the other side of town. She and her partner began attending the Salvation Army Church across the road. They became very involved and the congregation there really took them to heart and they gradually found a place to belong. And this became a very important part of Wendy's life and she gradually came to a faith in God and knowing that God loved her. She broke up with her partner at the beginning of 2017 having discovered that she had been appallingly deceived by her. So that meant last year was a very difficult year for her. Well, we thought that was the tough year. Um, and when we didn't see each other, we'd text and send verses and pray for each other and pass each other in airports going one way or another. And on the 30th of December, I received a not unusual text that Wendy was in the emergency department. She was a very familiar visitor to the emergency department at public. And I just texted back that I'd pray for her. I had guests. I was busy. And later that evening, I knew that little voice bothering me was saying, text and see if she's on her own and if she wants some support. I'd already gotten to bed by this stage. So I did, and she did. So I got out of bed <coughs> and went in to sit with her. Because when you have a mental health diagnosis on your file, your experiences of accident and emergency are not always ideal. Um, the next day, she was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. 
and told there was no treatment for this. She died in August this year, and her faith as she faced her death and as she looked forward to her eternity with Jesus inspired many. As we sat round her bed, there would be Christian music playing, the Salvation Army lovely woman would come and sing and praise, and my colleagues joined in and people came to faith, and it was such an honour to sit with her in those last days. So though in many ways I was a reluctant participant in Wendy's life, I saw many answers to prayer for Wendy and with Wendy. That reminder that praying was not about my faith, but about the loving faithfulness of the God that we pray to. The Wendy who died and is safe with Jesus is not the Wendy I met and neither am I the person that she met four and a half years ago. God in his grace changed us both through the time we knew each other. Both of our faith grew, and I was challenged about what I believed and about being resolute in that as I reluctantly participated in Wendy's life. So a rich prayer life, to summarise what we've talked about, is about making big decisions to set aside time and pray, and then the ongoing decisions to do it. The Bible is a hugely rich resource for us of prayers to guide and teach us how we should pray. And when we pray, we may well end up in places that we did not plan and with people we did not choose and in situations that are messy and difficult. But we will also see the victory of God in unexpected places and we will grow in our faith. So today I just want to finish with Rachel's favourite blessing. We'll just say that together and then we can have a cup of tea together and catch up with the news of of our family here. And I can't see, oh yes I can, I can see it. So let's just stand and say this together as we end. Our service has not ended, it has only just begun. For God is with us every moment of every day. Go then and offer the worship God desires, to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with God every step along our way. Amen.